This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. At the United States Postal Service, we deliver fast and affordably for small biz, big box, large scale, wholesale, retail, B2B, B2C, ASAP. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Danello in the right-hand corner. And in the secret square on the bottom is Fulham <laughs> legend Gordon Davis. In this episode, we're going to preview the entire season for Fulham. We actually just did a preview of the Arsenal match. We might talk about that a little bit with Gordon and, and Emilio, but I, I want to focus on the season as a whole. And Gordon, I'm going to start with you. Before we get into talking about the new season, I'm, I'm just going to mention this, and I just have to talk about this one last time. I, for a month straight, watched the playoff final. A month straight, every single day. I cannot get over it, Gordon. And uh, are you still buzzing from that? I know it, 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 it's over a month ago, but that was such an incredible moment. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I want your thoughts. Are you still? still in that mode because the season's about to begin, but I can't get past that. <laughs> well, I think because it was such a, a good performance um, with a different sort of setup from, from what we've been used to all season. I think a lot of us, even though I predicted a 2-1 win on the, yep. on the podcast that, that week, um, I think everybody from a Fulham point of view was going into it with a bit of reticence, with a bit of sort of uh, worry in the back of their minds because Brentford had beaten us twice in the league. At Brentford, they were the much better team. Okay, they had two breakaways late on, so that the home game could have easily ended up nil-nil. But I think we were all a bit reticent about the final and about how we were going to cope with Brentford's front three. And Scott, the players, the management staff, and as I've mentioned before, everybody came to the fore that day. And Scott played a completely different system or formation or however you want to uh, class it that day than he's played all season. So we went in with it. If we known that we were going in with a plan B or even a plan C, I think the supporters would have been much more confident. But the way that we started off the game, then, yes, people were on a high and uh, we played so well that day. We scored two fantastic goals. And I can understand why the likes of yourself and probably many others have watched that game over and over again. Because with COVID, and if you're a bit depressed and you're a Fulham supporter, yeah. you've only got to put that final on and everything is A-OK and we're ready to rumble for the forthcoming season. So, no, it doesn't come as a surprise. And, and yes, because it's only... A short time ago, we've not really had time to, I think, digest it. As soon as we, mm. we won the game, we're all yep. looking forward to to the, the, the Premier League. So I think that has kept us on a bit of a high as well. Okay, excellent. Emilio, do you understand why I've watched it so many times? Because I literally, it's funny because I, I've joked about this. I will have some insomnia and I'll start watching the match in the middle of the night and it'll put me to sleep just because it relaxes me. <laughs> and I've watched it so many times, but again, we're going to focus on the new season and I look forward to that, but I still can't get past thinking about that match. Yeah. For me, I've watched it what a couple of times uh, at most uh, since that day. To me, 
because we weren't there at Wembley, we didn't have that atmosphere like we had a couple of years ago. For me, yeah. it was, it's difficult. It just feels like another. It felt like another match. I look back on it as what five, five, six weeks ago now, and it's yes, yeah, a crucial match. We've got promoted to the Premier League, but certainly we'll never have that buzz that we had two years ago at Wembley, full stadium, the white, you know, the white flags there, just just that amazing atmosphere. So for me, it was a, it was it was a subdued victory. It's great. It's weird. I can't describe it. I, you know, I was jubilant. Of course, I was, but then. Realism's then set in. Blimey, okay, we're in the Premier League now. Let's start focusing on that. So I was more worried about the Premier League and surviving there than enjoying <laughs> the moment. So for me, I'm probably looking more, being more pragmatic. Like Gordon says, we didn't have really time to um, to digest the victory. You know, we didn't get yep. time to go and watch it in the stadium. So for me, it was a little bit of a subdued victory. It's weird. I can't describe it. Sure. So I'm more, more worried about, okay, now we're in the Premier League. How the hell do we survive? <laughs> now, that was my memory, and I was thinking a step ahead. That's you, Emilio. That's you to a T. And I understand that you and I are different. So you're already thinking ahead. I, I get that. And, and Gordon, that's totally Emilio. And, uh, and that's great about Emilio. I, I admire that about you, my friend. All right. I actually, I actually just, just want to share some comments from the, from the phone support. Just want to say hi to Gordon because we got a bunch of them coming on here. And, uh, you know, again, uh, thank you everyone for watching live. And like I said, this is just going to be a preview of the season. So we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about some of the signings. But I want to start here. And Gordon, I would just want to get your thoughts on the approach from Tony Khan and the team. because And Scott as well, because he's part of the equation. It sounds like, again, based on what I've been reading, maybe he has a little bit more say or input to what's going on there. But the players that they're bringing in are, seem to be quality players. But the transfer fees are not huge. That's number one. It's either that or they are bringing players on loan with options on top of that to buy. So I find this interesting, uh, just a different business look from two seasons ago. And I actually like what Tony's doing, because especially with the players on loan, because it, it gives the players a chance to s prove to themselves and to us that they can maybe possibly earn a new contract. It's kind of a prove-it deal for them. I think it's a win-win. And the, and the other fees for some of these players are not that high, including Harrison Reed. So what are your thoughts about the approach this time around to say two seasons ago? I think it's been a much better coordinated effort from everybody concerned with the club. Um, I, I think two years ago, well, I can probably clear one or two little points up about uh, what was happening two years ago and okay. or what happened two years ago uh, and what is happening now. Um, and yes, people were having a go at Tony Khan for waiting until virtually the last two days of the transfer window to sign 11 players or thereabouts. Right. Um, as we found out this, this transfer window, uh, they're still having trouble getting deals across the line in the first few days, in the first week, first two weeks. So what happened two years ago, they were trying to buy players early on in the window, but clubs were holding out because they were hoping that they were going to get a bartering situation between two clubs coming in for them. Right. Now, the setup with the club was the board or Tony Khan would go to the manager, and it was Slavisa at the time, and say, what players position-wise do you need? Now, if he said, I want a centre-back and a right-back, they would then go through the usual thing, and this upsets people, uh, yep. with the statistics of the best players in those positions that are possibly in our price bracket. They would then send scouts to have a look at them. They would bring videos back. The videos were then sent to the manager. The manager, you would expect to look at the videos, assess the three left backs or the three right backs that we are looking at and say, well, if we can get number three, then go for him. Then the club would go back and discuss money with the, with the clubs. And then if we could afford them, then we would buy them. But what tended to happen two years ago is that the videos were sent into Slavisa. Slavisa didn't watch the videos and he left it to the Tony Khan and his group to basically pick out the person that was the best position for or the best player for that position. 
And so Slavisa never got involved. But if he'd have said no, for instance, talk about Seri, he's come back, no. and Guisa have come back. Right. If he didn't want Seri, then Slavisa could have said no. I don't want him, but we'll go for Anguisa. But he never had that uh, system with Tony Khan and the rest of the, the scouting people. Huh. But when it came down to signing them, and then they were playing and they weren't playing very well, Slavisa went to the press or leaked it out to the press that he wasn't involved with the signing of those players. So, of course, he came out smelling of roses and Tony Khan got all the blackbash. <clears throat> This year, that has totally changed because Scott Parker has wanted to get involved with right. talking to the people that he wants and the club want at the, at the club itself. So I think it's a massive difference in the way that Slavisa was involved or didn't want to be involved uh, with the, the buying of the players and the way that Scott Parker is involved this year and even the players that we've signed, they've already said it. Robinson said he had Zoom they've, meetings with Parker and what he was putting this. on about the club. Yeah. So it's it wasn't all Tony Khan's fault. Slavisa has to take a big part of the blame. But, okay. of course, because the football that we played to get up, he was the blue-eyed boy, but he didn't help in the selection of those players. And he's got to take some responsibility for that. But... The way that it's gone now, I know we will talk about a few of the players in a, yep. in a few minutes. Um, I think it's uh, a big plus that Scott wants to get involved. He wants to talk to players. And by the way that he holds himself uh, and, and the reputation that he's got as a young manager and as a player, it says wonders for the club, says wonders for him. And the players that we've brought in, I think, are going to be successful with Fulham Football Club. Okay, excellent. And I'm glad that you talked about the players because you see the releases from the club and when the players have quotes, so many of them have said, talked about Parker in that, mm. it, that interaction. So he had a role. And again, I'm not saying that Savisa didn't, but you've, you've explained the differences this time around. It sounds like Scott's much more involved. It sounds like Again, he's part of more of the recruitment process because yeah. he's talking to these players, like you said, on, on Zoom calls. And uh, yeah. it's making a difference. Emilio, I, I want to go to you. I want to get your thoughts on this because, again, I'm glad that Gordon is really just shedding some light on what happened two seasons ago compared to now. And, you know, you and I have talked about it. And I'll, I'll give Scott Parker all the credit in the world. And I'll say, and you've, you and I both said it wasn't our choice. But I think he's come huge amounts from where he was, <clears throat> say, when we were in the Premier League. He's grown as a manager, but I like the fact that he's involved in all these players. I'm, I'm, you know, when we get these press releases, we see these players talking about wanting to play for Scott Parker. And I yeah. think that's massive. What are your thoughts about all this? I think it's quite clear that obviously Scott is involved in all these signings. Even the key thing, look yeah. at all the players that we've signed. Okay, Harrison Reed, we've signed him on permanent contract. He said Old it. Keeper, right back. What does it tell you? Defensive first. Play yep. safety in the safety first. Who's he let go? Plays that he didn't believe in the championship. Mark Spentinelli didn't get another looking when he got dropped last autumn. You know, he's out of the door and was not good enough. Or not he doesn't believe he's good enough for the Premier League. Alfie Mawson was given was on the bench for a few games. Remember that when he came back from injury, didn't didn't figure once and for all. So for his view is he had no didn't think Alfie Mawson could play a part in the Premier League. And with it being injury prone and the struggles he had a couple of years ago, he didn't feel he's the right player he wants to keep on his book. So you reflect back on this, you know, you know, Scott Parker is involved in these transfers. He's, he's, he's got a very big say in that. The three-year deal he's got from Tony Carnes, he shows a lot of belief from the board, and they're rewarding him with a three-year contract. But right. for me, it's, it's already quite clear. Let's worry about safety first. Let's, you know, let's get another centre-back to replace Alfie Mawson or yep. Tim Munich, shall we say. And then we can start to breathe a little bit more comfortably and then start looking more offensively. But it's quite clear. He's got a, he's got a, a, a role to play in the recruitment. The players are obviously the right age. I think we've got some, we've got some good recruits so far, but we still you know we still need a few more players then. But sure. obviously we're not rushing into Gordon's point. We're not making rush you know hash no. you know, decisions. Let's, let's take our time and select the right players. None of the teams aside from Villa and Chelsea have actually made any significant investments. So that's telling you everyone's in the same boat here. Yeah, everyone's playing you know playing quite cagey and and, and being selective in who they're recruiting. Okay, excellent. And listen, I. Uh, 
to everyone that's commenting because there are a bunch of comments want to talk about the center back position. Trust me, we're going to talk about that in a little bit when we talk about what Fulham still need. But I want to go through some of the players that Fulham have signed with Emilio and, of course, Gordon and get get their thoughts on it. And then that'll lead up to talking about what Fulham still need to do. So let's start here. Let's go back. And we've talked about this on Cottage Talk, but Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to you about this, Gordon. Thoughts on the signing of Anthony Robinson. And what's interesting about this is that I like the fact that there's competition at left back. And uh, everything that I've watched from him with the U.S. men's national team, and uh, I've, I've seen him play a bit. And I think I think Fulham are getting quite the player here. But I also like the fact that Joe Bryan is still with Fulham because there was talk that maybe he would go. I was completely against that. I, I like the fact that, th- that we have two left backs that can compete for that position. What are your thoughts about Anthony Robinson and the left back position? I think it's a, it's a very good signing, as, uh, as you just mentioned. Um, although he, I think he did qualify for England, he chose to play for the USA. Yeah. And um, he's, he's, a, he's a quality young prospect. But it gives Joe Bryan um, a thought in the back of his head, if I'm not playing well, then he could come in and I might be sitting on the side for uh, six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, um, if he's playing well. And nobody wants to be benched when you get into the Premier League. But I I can also see another aspect of that. I know myself or or we as a group, even when Rob was was on the podcast, I've always had a go at Joe Bryan defensively. Right. Can't fault him forward. Um, the, the goal, the second goal that he got in the final, it was a, a, a typical sort of winger's goal cutting in. And mm. he can, when he goes down the line, he probably puts more crosses in down that left-hand side than any other player that we've got. So it, with Robinson, if there's a situation where Robinson comes in and plays, and for instance, Cavaliero's not having a good day on the left-hand side, or Cabano or Reed. Then he pushes Joe Bryan to the left side yeah. of midfield. Mm-hmm. You could see a new pairing on that yeah. left-hand side because you've got two youngsters who, who like to get up and down. Uh, there's quality when, when Bryan puts the crosses into the box. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think he might be a, a more influential player for us going forward mm-hmm. in, in a left-sided midfield role rather than uh, as a left-back because I do think that he ball-watches he gets caught out a lot, and uh, it's it's been a one of those positions that you think we've struggled all season to to fill a defensive Absolutely. role. So with Robinson there, it, it's going to be interesting because again, as we're talking about the options that Scott has got, yeah, that's another option mm. of keeping Brian in the team, but just saying go from the halfway and forward and and, and let Robinson do a bit of defending. But if those two if those two work together in tandem, then if Robinson goes forward, you've already got a left back that just fills in for him. So That's it right. could work out quite well for us. But he, I think it's a very good signing for us and gives Scott options in that uh, left side uh, of the uh, defence and midfield. I totally agree there. Gordon, I want to go back to you, Emilio. Your thoughts on this, because I thought the same thing many fans have said, well, the potential of playing them together. And and uh, I think Gordon did a great job of explaining how that could potentially work out. Yeah. And uh, again, it's about options. But I also want to mention, because when we talk about some of these players, the age of Anthony Robinson, young. Yeah. And it this to me is, again, a good age to bring a player in. And mm. it's good competition and it's options for Scott Parker. Your thoughts? Again, another defender. So again, goes back to Scott. You know, four four players we've mentioned here, all all, all <laughs> goalkeeper. What does that tell you about you know our, the set? We're, we're starting at the back and working forward, Emilio. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, but you know, I agree with the theory, Gordon. But you know, Joe Bryan. You know, I've been scathing of him in you know when he's been playing in the Premier League and last yep. season defensively, his weaknesses there. And to be honest, what we have now is healthy competition in some yeah. of these positions. We didn't have that two years ago. Who was competing for Joe Bryan in that left back role a couple of years ago? Yeah. And he kept making mistake after mistake, and maybe got thrown into the Premier League maybe a, a bit too early in his career. Um, but you know, lessons have been learned. He's now got somebody very promising, very quick, young, good prospect. You know, we've, there's healthy, healthy competition for me, and I think that's that's the key thing for me. I like to always have two key players in every position. So if there's an injury to one, yep. you've got a natural position there. But who did we have a couple of years ago? You know, 
our, our fallbacks two years ago was our weakness. You know, we, we had yeah, the like absolutely. Dennis Adoy, Cyrus Christie, Joe Bryan. To, to be honest, in the Premier League, they all struggled. And to be honest, we've already we've moved away from that. We're not going to have the same same mistakes we made a couple of years ago. So we've got strength and depth in those positions. And we obviously those guys are good for cover, but you don't want those guys to be our natural starting in the starting eleven because they showed that they were just you know not to their ability in the Premier League. They, you, know, they, you know, we move away from the Joe Bryan's. Um, playing week in, week out. I don't think he'll be a regular starter at the fullback. I think Anthony Robinson will probably start in that position. Mate, I like the Gordon's point. Push Joe Bryan more forward. That's yeah. where Play to his strengths. Okay, very good. All right. All right, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about Harrison Reed. And mm -hmm. Emilio, I'm going to start with you because, again, you and I have talked a great deal about Harrison mm -hmm. Reed and the way you've described it to me. And tell me if I'm wrong. Harrison Reed is a player that will. Help you not lose, but will he help you win? Is that a good way that you've presented it to me? And I want your thoughts about him signing now permanently with Fall. Yeah, absolutely. Again, he's, he's, he just quietly gets on with business, doesn't he? He's always there mopping up, cleaning up, polishing up. But we've only seen him in the championship. Let's remember that. You know, why happened Southampton? Why did Southampton release him to another Premier League club? You know, why did Southampton release him on loan to non Premier League team. So to be honest, he's, he's unproven in the Premier League. I know he did a great job for us in those last nine, ten games of the season. He was probably arguably the best, the most consistent player in the in the run up to Wembley and, and winning that final. But this is a new challenge for him. You know, he's, we've now got him on, on a permanent signing. We've we've you know we've rewarded him with a contract. But you know, is he going to be effective in the Premier League? We can't. You know, we, this is a big, different beast. You know, I'm not being I'm not being negative. Here. I'm just being realistic. You know, we've seen him what he can do in the, in the Championship. What's his potential in the Premier League? Southampton obviously didn't feel that he was worthy of being a regular starter in a, in a, in a Premier League shirt. Right. And the reason why he was loaned out to club after club. So let's just be realistic here. Did a great job bopping up, quietly getting on with his business. He needs to curb his temperament at times because he picked up a lot of needless yellow cards in the Championship. You can't afford to do that in the Premier League either. So let's be very clear. You know, discipline is very important in the Premier League. There's going to be... Replay after replay, you know, you're not going to get away with those niggling little fouls in the Premier League. So good signing, good good squad player. Is he going to be a regular starting eleven? I'm not, we're, remains to be seen. I'm not, I'm not convinced no. until I see evidence that he's able to play competitively at this level. He didn't do that for Southampton, so he's got a chance to do that for Fulham. Okay, I want your thoughts on. What Emilio just said, Gordon, because again, I've, I've talked to a few different people and I understand what, where Emilio is coming from. I feel a little bit differently. I think he can start in the Premier League. I, I talked to a gentleman who is a, a fan of Arsenal. He spoke glowingly about Harrison Reed. He thought Harrison Reed was a player that he would be concerned about in this upcoming match. So what are your thoughts about Harrison Reed? Could he be a regular starter or a squad player? in the uh, Premier League. What are your thoughts on that? I think initially, I think he is going to be a regular starter. And I, and I would probably have said he, he's basically the, the, the signing of the season f from last season. Because okay. when he came in, uh, if you look mm. at, we had Harry Arter to start with. And mm. if Emilio thinks that uh, Harrison Reid has got a bit of a hot temper, then <laughs> uh, I, I, know, I don't know how you would describe Arter because... <laughs> He was more likely to get sent off than, than Harrison Reid. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, he sort of filled Arta's role um, and I think grew into it and became a better player. Uh, and I think with uh, the club wanting to sign him, with him as a player wanting to sign for the club, yeah. because he's been out he on ball for, the, for a, a couple of seasons uh, at different clubs, uh, I, I think... When you're a player, sometimes you want to feel wanted. And by that, I mean, you want somebody to come in and say, we want you, we want to sign you. Because when your parent club is always sending you out, there, there, there comes a time when you start thinking to yourself, am I good enough for right. to be a professional footballer? Because I've been to two other clubs, they've not wanted me, or, and I don't know what went wrong with, with those other loans, but he, when I spoke to him at, at Fulham, he felt at home at the club and he really wanted to stay. But he said, it's out of my hands. It's in Fulham and Southampton's hands. So I think once he knew that 
the club were interested in keeping him, I think that's given him a tremendous boost uh, on, on the self-confidence side to say that I've helped get you there and you want me to stay on as, as a, a regular player. And I think he'll, he'll grow in stature in that position. But um, I, I can understand where Emilio is coming from. Um, I disagree to a certain extent with regards that we don't know if he's good enough for the Premier League because you could go through every position. Uh, mm. You could say Hector hasn't really done it in the Premier League. Even our talisman, Mitro, hasn't really done it in the Premier League. So are you going to tag everybody with that same brush at the beginning okay. of the season, waiting for them to perform? We've got to perform as a team. And if you can perform as an individual within that team, fantastic. But we've got to perform as a team to start with um, and get a few wins uh, under our belt. Otherwise, everybody is going to be looking at every t person that's out there and saying they're not good enough for this league. Yet we've got... Sari coming back, whether yep. he's going to be in the squad or starter, we don't know. Um, Anguisa is coming back, who I like as a player. And so I thought I. he would have been in the team um, and, and doing well when he played that season. But he always seemed a yard, two yards off the pace. And I think that was a situation that players coming in, not used to the Premier League. And that was probably one point that you could throw at the club. Uh, they were buying players that probably weren't used to that standard or that pace of the game. Um, and if you look at what Anguisa has been doing in uh, the Spanish league, he's buying out of his skin. So right. I hope that he comes back and he performs like that if he's put in a, a Fulham shirt. But yeah, it's um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it happens. But I I expect Harrison Reed to be one of the first names on, on the, the team sheet, especially for the, this first game against Arsenal. I agree with that, Gordon. All right. And, and again, interesting because he has talked glowingly about the influence of Scott Parker. Here's another player that has mentioned Scott Parker as well. It's Mario Lamina. Oh, we lost. Has he disappeared, Emilio? Yeah, we lost, we've lost uh, Russ there. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on Amina signing as well? Well, it's... Sorry about that, guys. Is he, is he back? He's back. Okay. Just, just getting Gordon's view on the on the Mina signing. Yep, go ahead. Sorry about that. I'm not well, quite think, self out. That was I a Goldman. <laughs> I think it's a good uh, it's a good thing because obviously Harrison Reed knows him. He's coming to a club uh, where he's had the background for, of the manager and of the uh, the setup before the club have even spoken to him. So I think with knowing somebody at the club, it's uh, it's an easier way for him to settle in. And it's an it's an easier way, even if he if he does come in and, and start on, on Saturday, which obviously we don't know what, what 11 is going to be put out there. Um, and I know Emilio is going to say, well, what did he do at Southampton? Why does Southampton want to get rid of him? <laughs> and he's not he's not proven. But when when you think he's played for Marseille, he's played for Juventus, there's got to be something there that um, says he can do it at this level, but it's going to be interesting to see because obviously we haven't uh, really seen him play um, uh, for, for a regular period of time in the Premier League. Okay. Emilio, what are your thoughts about this player? Again, this is for me a very low risk move for Fulham. Yeah. And again, you mentioned the beginning of the show, didn't you, Russ, that you know, we haven't spent millions, to be honest. We've, we've no. made what appears to be some very shrewd signings here. You know, we're getting some intelligent players, we're creating depth in the squad as well, so you can start to see where you know. You know, again, it's all about safety first, defensive midfielders. But this guy's obviously got capabilities. He's played at the top level for big clubs, so it's a promising signing, to be honest. I, I yeah, think I've got high aspirations for him. But again, as you can see, a good, strong player fits from what I've seen of him and what I've read about him. Very sits fits you know, Scott Sparker's way of playing, to be honest, as his structure. So. We're moving away from the Slavisa type players that we had, all those offensive type, and we're going back, like I said, defensive first and looking at that safety net. That's key. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, we have to reduce the number of goals we concede to stay in these games. And you know, two years ago, we we had to score four goals to win games. We you know now it's you know if we can keep the the, the defensive, you know, keep as many clean sheets as we can, gives us more chance to pick up three points. And that's why it's we've got depth 
increasing in the team. I'm, I'm encouraged. I think he could be a very good, a shrewd signing for me. Okay. If, Gordon, back if, to if you. I, if I just come, go just come in for a second there. Yeah, go because, ahead. Um, I, I agree with what you said because he, he is strong. He is powerful. From what I've read about him, he is a box-to-box player, mm, yeah. which when I spoke yeah. to Josh Anoma, that yeah. was his forte of, of big yeah. lungs, good legs, box-to-box player. Um, and, and you sort of look at the amount of midfield players that we have for, for possibly the two or three central positions. Yes. And it's going to be very, very competitive in that Absolutely. center of the park. Mm-hmm. And if one person comes in and starts playing well, there's going to be a, quite a few players that are not mm-hmm. going to have their nose put at a joint, but know that they're now in for a fight yes, for their position. Yes. And that's what we want. We want people Absolutely, to be fighting Gordon. to get back in the team, not waiting for somebody to get an injury in three, mm. four weeks' time or six weeks' time, and then they'll put me back in because I'm the only option. So there's, yeah. there's going to be competition for places, which is good. Absolutely, Gordon. And I'm glad that you said that because when you look at central midfield, there are all these players that could be starting, and there's going to be a lot of competition, and they're going to have to be at their best. This goes back to our conversation, believe it or not, about left back. It's the same thing, and but there are more players involved. So I, I like the fact that they're building – competition at all these different positions. I think that's important. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about Fulham getting a goalkeeper. Hmm. Okay, guys, let's now talk about Fulham bringing in Hmm. Alphonse Areola. Again, uh, a a player coming from PSG, Gordon. What are your thoughts about this? And then we'll talk a little bit later about bets going out on loan. This smells to me like Sergio Rico. What are your thoughts about this? (laughs) and you you can with goalkeepers you can only judge them when they play in your team because it doesn't matter what they've done at at other clubs and as as you say he's he's come from PSG he's he's played uh, for Real Madrid Um, and and yes you could say well he's played for Real Madrid but how many shots is he going to (laughs) have when he's standing behind the 11 attackers that are in front (laughs) of him uh, so you may have to save one long-range shot or one header in a game. But when you've got uh, a CV like he has, I think you, you come with a big reputation. It's only when you then get put in a Premier League game and the first cross comes in, the first shot comes in, or the first bouncing ball between the centre-halves and the goalkeeper happen. Um, and when it happened and uh, Fabry was, was in goals... I think everybody just thought, oh, no, what have we got here? Because there was no confidence factor. And right. it didn't help that he didn't speak any English. When, when you've got, a, 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 in, a, in a way, a British back four or an English-speaking back four, that certainly doesn't help. So until uh, I think he comes with a big reputation, I think it's a very good signing on paper for the club. But until he gets between the sticks and shows the crowd what he's made of and what he can bring to the team, then it's a finger in the air and trying (laughs) to see which way the wind's blowing. Okay. Very interesting there. Emil, what are your thoughts about this? Again, he has an impressive CV, as we would say, but I'm glad that Gordon said this until he plays for your side. Do you really know? And it's very interesting. He actually went to talk about Fabrio. I was just thinking of Rico because Rico was a positive. Fabrio was not. But what are your thoughts about this? Um, yeah, again, it's healthy composition. Obviously, Scott Parker clearly doesn't think Bettinelli is good enough at this level. Hence the reason why he's gone in for a second goalkeeper. You know, it's uh, it does smell a bit like two years ago, like we said off here a couple of days ago, Russ. You know, yeah. it's you know Fabri had a bit of a you know a few howlers in those first few games. Then Bettinelli came in, and then obviously that didn't work. You know what I'm trying to say? So there's just just no consistency. We just, we get just chopping and change, changing our goalkeepers and defenders and the whole team two years ago. So for me, it'd be interesting who's going to start. To be honest, do you do you re, do you rely on Rodak and reward him with a Premier League start against Arsenal and hope that he makes mistakes and then you bring this other guy in? It'd be interesting to see what, yeah. what he's going to do. I think I think you're probably. I, I can't answer that question. I'm still split whether Rodak will be given the chance to start. I hope he will do. I'd like to see he had an excellent season, you know, when he came and came our uh, first choice keeper last season. But I hope he's not going to be downgraded. And this Ariola comes in, he's only a loan signing, so let's reward our permanent signings. Right. They're the ones who should be playing week in, week out. But again, Rodak starts, makes a couple of mistakes, then what? Then you see Ariola comes in, makes a difference, and then Rodak's back on the bench. So it's 
I think that's that's up for grabs that goalkeeper position. I can't I can't call it at the moment. I'm not too sure. I don't know, Gordon, what you think. Who will start against Arsenal on Saturday? What are your thoughts, Gordon? I, I, I'm I'm going for Rodak. Rodak yeah. yeah, purely because fun. purely because he was my man of the season, um, yeah. closely followed by Hector and Reed, mm. um, and I, I think he's got to be given the the, the number one um, uh, jersey until he has either some howlers or he has two or three poor mm. games uh, because when when you when you talk about the Premier League and you're going to uh, be defending more or more or less. If you just say, if we're doing well, we're going to be defending 50% of the time oh, in 90 no. minutes. And it's got to be the goalkeeper uh, and the back four, I've got to be, con- or back five, uh, mm. I've got to be concentrating for 90 minutes. And it's right. only when those shots start coming in and those one-on-ones are coming in that we're mm. going to know whether anybody is up to it. But, I think you've got to start with Rodak. Otherwise, you're going to destroy his confidence yeah, yeah. Uh, after last point. season yeah. if he's not playing in the first game of the, uh, against yeah. Arsenal. Well, yeah. he, he's earned it, Emilio. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. glad that uh, Gordon yeah. has mentioned this. And we won't know, you know, and again, sometimes you just have to have a little faith and, and give it a chance. But yeah. if it doesn't go your way, you do have another goalkeeper. So, so again, this goes to competition. I would start with Rodak. Yeah. You know, I understand what happened two years ago, but I think the only way you're going to know is what Gordon just said. Give him a chance. Yeah, that's my view. That's what I said. I think Rodak will start on on Saturday, but I just hope he won't be, you know, dropped to the bench after making a couple of mistakes like Fabry did a couple of years ago. So hopefully he'll have right. a stronger back four in front of him to Gordon's earlier point. You're <laughs> only as good as, a, you know, your, your goalkeeper is always somewhat protected by your, your back four. And if we that's have right. a, an effective back four, then... Rodet will come under pressure. Last season, how many times did he save us in games? How many times did we grind yeah. out those one nil victories thanks to Rodet? Well, there's a number of three two wins against Luton yeah. and QPR. I remember last season again. There were times we struggled, but Rodet kept us in many many games. So hopefully, you will be rewarded with a starting eleven, and hopefully, you know he will he will grow in leaps and bounds. But to your point, Gordon, just takes a couple of bad mistakes, confidence knocked to pieces, and then in comes this other more established um, keeper. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. Mm. But I agree with both of you. I hope that he is starting on mm. Saturday and just give him a chance and we'll see how it goes from there. All right, guys, let's now talk about the signing for today. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on this, Gordon, Kenny Tete. And again, this just happened a little while ago. He signs with Fulham. And what's interesting about it is the comments coming from he sounds like a player that really wanted to come to full my i've i've heard him and i've read some of the comments he's a right back what are your thoughts about this signing and and again it's coming from leon it's a low money deal again for transfer fee but this sounds like a good deal but and i've heard some good things about the player what are your thoughts about kenny tete coming to form and it's a player that wants to be a full I think I think everything that has come out with regards, and you mentioned it earlier on as well about the interviews that players have given, they've all come out with that positive sign of they want to sign for uh, for Fulham. That's they've right. looked at or they've spoken to people about what the club is about, the history of the club, uh, the attitude of the club, the manager at the club. So um, I think somebody's done a very very good job discussing things with these players because they, they've all come out. Um, and I know people are going to say, well, you can't really say, well, I, I wanted to go to Newcastle, but Fulham were the only club that came in for me. You're not going to say things like that. So you are going to say the positive things in, in life. Uh, but it's nice to hear and it's nice to see in print if you're a supporter, because you yeah. want them to be uh, happy to be joining a club, to be joining a Premier League club and a Premier League club that wants to try to play football. Um, so it's it, it's it's all positive. Um, and although he's a right back, some people that I've spoken to have said that he can play centre back. Okay. Um, and this is where we're going to discuss a bit later about Mawson. But yep. I, I wouldn't <clears throat> be surprised if he comes into a, a three man defence with Hector. And if you say even if Reem starts with three there and you've got the 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 player like Tete behind you who he can then say you go in close you mark as tight as you want to and anything that comes past you I'm going to be there to clear up behind you 
So yep. it gives Hector and, and Ream a bit more license to to go tight on the forwards that they're going to be marking and to try to get that ball played in behind. And whereas everybody has said that Ream's lacking a bit of pace and yep. he's slow on the turn, if you've got a three-man uh, defence in the middle, then you may well find Tete as a as a sweeper if in old fashioned terms okay um but as as a, as a as a right back and i know uh, we've got another right back that we've signed and that's my thinking that is the other person that we're going to probably talk about a bit later going to come in at right back and is tete going to be a, a third central defender but again i think when you look at he got through to the uh, semi finals of the champions league uh, last season with um was it Lyon? Oh, yeah, with Lyon. Lyon. Um, yeah. And he's looking to come to, if we say, it's little old Fulham, a club like Fulham from uh, a Champions League semi-final uh, team. Yeah. So we've got to have something going for us mm-hmm. for these people to turn around and say, yeah, I want to go and play for them. And if they want to play for us, that's all you can ask for. Okay, excellent. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on this. And I'm glad that Gordon brought up the potential maybe Tete plays center back in in, in a three, and I, I find that interesting. And, and the other player that reportedly Fulham are interested in is Ola Aina, that I've actually had a, heard a lot of good things from um, with a friend of mine that follows Chelsea's academy, said that, again, if it wasn't for Reese James, Ola Aina would be in with, with Chelsea, basically. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was going out on a limb and telling me that he believes that Ola Aina is a Premier League player. And that could eventually be at a, at a bigger club than Fulham. He said that to me. So, but again, it's to put things in context. And nothing's been settled yet. Again, I've heard all the reports that in is coming to Fulham. But again, we're talking about right backs potential one to play center back. Well, what are your thoughts about this? And again, we will talk about the center back position because, again, for me, it's an issue. So, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about bringing in a player again that is saying all the right things? Yeah, I'm very excited by this signing. To be honest, he's young. Very, very yeah, keen. Gordon's point, he's left you know a team that qualified, got to the semi-finals of the Champions League to come to to well, a club like Fulham. For what does that say about his his, his belief in in Scott Parker and the setup of this team? So I'm very excited about this 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 player. Our right back position has been a weak a weak spot for for a couple of seasons after Ryan Fredericks was sold a couple of years ago. So for me, yep. we've had the versatility of Dennis Adoy. One is in centre back, and he plays full back. We've now got potentially another versatile defender who can play in multiple positions and is a significant upgrade on paper to Dennis Adoy. So for me, it's a it's a, a very good signing on a four-year contract, I understand. So that's 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 a statement of intent from the club. And you know, I'm very this is a this is probably one of my most intriguing signings of the season so far. I'm very yeah. excited by that because I'm hearing nothing but positive reports about me it. Me too. Fact, you know, I think we've got something to look forward there. And if he can play in, in a different position and be more, as versatile as Dennis Adoy, then that tells me it's a significant upgrade there. So, um, okay. so yeah, very good signing. You know, I'm excited. Okay. All right, guys, let's talk, now talk about players going out on loan. And, Gordon, I'll go back mm-hmm. to you. Thoughts on Marcus Bettinelli, Alfie Mawson, and Steven Session going out on loan. They all go out on loan. If you want to take them individually, feel free to. Let's start with Betts, first of all. Obviously, He's going out on loan because they brought in Ariel. What are your thoughts about that? And then we could talk about Marson and Sassania. Um, I, I think it's a good move for Betts because he was obviously uh, second second choice. Uh, Rodax done well. He was never going to get uh, a game uh, as long as the Rodak plays well. Um, and when you think, what was it, two years ago, he was in, in the England setup and he's, he's gone from that to basically being nowhere. Uh, in a in a period of two years, yeah. and probably the start that he had in the in the Premier League uh, put put him uh, put, uh, well knocked his confidence. And the game is all about confidence. And when you are a goalkeeper, you only need to make one howler, and a it's a goal, and b sometimes the the, the supporters don't forgive you for it. Whereas when you're up front. And you're knocking the balls in the back of the net, uh, and I can speak uh, through uh, <laughs> examples that I've missed. Uh, I can I can miss five or six chances and score the winner, um, and everybody's happy with me. They've forgotten about the five chances that I've missed. Right. So I think it's a good move for Betts. Um, I think he 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 will be number one there, um, yep. and it'll be interesting to see how they do. 
Uh, Mawson, I was a bit surprised, especially yeah. how after this the one club, surprised me. Yeah, sticking with him um, uh, and getting getting him back to full fitness again. But it could be a situation that because they don't know whether his injury is going to clear up, they okay. need to get him out playing on a regular basis just so that if he is called back or, or when he does come back to the club, they know that he's 100% fit. Um, if there's a niggling injury and they're not too sure whether he's going to really ever get over it, then he's got to get out and play because you can't suddenly bring him into a Premier League team and he turns once or gets done by a forward and when sprinting back, his, his knee goes again um, and then he's out for the rest of the season because we can't afford to do that. So I right. think it's a, it's a good sort of um, bit of business by the club, but I think purely because, again, two seasons ago, or just before he came to us from Swansea, he was getting linked or called up to the England squad. That's so there's, right. two t- there's two people out of the three that have been in the England squad and then are nowhere to be seen as far as the England squad are concerned through injuries or, or, or poor play. So I think it's good that the club have sent him out because if he does play week in, week out, uh, it'll do his fitness the world of good, it'll do his confidence the world of good, and then if we have to bring him back because he's a player that is playing to his ability, then we know that uh, injury-wise uh, he's not a, a risk. With Sessignon, okay. with, with um, I, I think personally um, he's going to be a better player than his brother. Um, I think That's he's okay. got a bit more about him th- than his brother. Um, but um, you think he lost again, his confidence? I think so because when he when he played, he was trying to play out from the back, and he made a few mistakes which led to goals. And I think um, basically, I think that the pressure that is on him when he plays at Fulham um, initially, and, and the way that we played last season initially was a bit too much for him. Um, and I think that he needs to get out. He needs to play week in, week out. And he needs to get a good season under his belt before coming back. Um, and I think he will be pushing for a first-team spot in, in 12 months, 18 months' time. Wow, that's that's high praise mm-hmm. there. Emilio, what are your thoughts about these three players going out on loan? Um, yeah, better than I think it's, you know, I feel sorry for the lad as well. You know, he's been very loyal to the club. You know, it, he was obviously... One of the darlings of Fulham, shall we say? You know, all the fans loved him. We all did, but unfortunately, he made a, one too many errors at the beginning of last season. And you know, there was all that speculation: should he be dropped? Should because should Rodak be given a chance? And I, I commend Scott Parker for being assertive, you know, last season and making a decisive decision to drop Bettinelli. And he never looked back. Rodak took his chance and grabbed it for the rest of the season. So for me, it was always going to be a number two in, to Rodak. Obviously, now he's number three in the setup of Fulham. So I think it's the right thing for him to have gone to, to another club. He needs to be playing week in, week out, like Gordon says. I would have liked him to have played for a club that's maybe more likely to be pushing for a top six place. Again, I want, I, I'd like to see some of our, four, you know, our players to, to do well and, be in a, and maybe he would get the chance to play a goalkeeper in the Premier League with maybe another club. At the moment, playing for Fulham in the Premier League is, is a million miles away from him. So I think it's a good move for him and the club. Mawson... I've reflected on this, to be honest. I think when I first spoke, I was you know, a bit upset that he was loaned out without any adequate backups. But for me, looking at his track record, you know, in terms of injuries, I reflected the fact that he was on the bench for a number of games at the back end of the season and wasn't 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 given any chance or even game time there. So for me, I don't think Scott Parker maybe has belief that he can do a job in the Premier League. And again, he wants players who are fit, you know, raring to go. Pace-wise, I'm not sure what level of pace he's got because obviously these, these injuries the last couple of seasons. So... We have to find a way of recouping some of those costs. You know, by loaning him out, we haven't got those wages to pay each month. He's probably on quite sort of a high salary, to be honest. So I think it's a sensible move all around. We need players who we know are fit and healthy. And unfortunately, Mawson is still, still uncertainty there. And Sessignon, I agree. I think he has a potential being better than his brother. I think yeah. more versatile, you know, good vision, good pace. But I think his, his confidence did get shot to pieces when he made those mistakes. Absolutely. Back end of was it last autumn time because he was getting some regular game and suddenly just disappeared. We never saw him again. Exactly, he just fell off. You know, to be honest, you can't have someone who hasn't played for half a season suddenly playing in the the biggest division in the world. He's not ready for this division, so get him out alone, get his confidence back to where it needs to be, and you know, with a bit of coaching and nurturing, we can see this young player 
you know, play for us at some point in the Premier League if we, if we manage to stay there. So he's our player at the end of the day. We're not going to we're not going to let him go. That's the true thing. I think there's a lot of upside there, and he just needs to restore that confidence and play in, in a side that he'll get game time week in week out. Okay, excellent. All right, let's now talk about where the Fulham need to strengthen. Okay, Gordon, I'm going to say center back right off the bat. You could say backup striker, but again, I I I could have Kamara in that role if you need him. But I understand why fans saying that. What are your thoughts about where forms still need to strengthen? Yes, I think um, I think every supporter probably is thinking, when are we going to sign, in inverted commas, another centre forward? Because yep. um, we, we were always worried last season what was going to happen if Mitrovic gets suspended, sent mm-hmm. off and misses three games. Or if he gets a long-term injury, who is going to fill that spot? Now, we've got players that can play as a number nine. But uh, when you sort of look at probably the only four four players in the club that you could put as, a, as an out-and-out attacker, maybe Reed, Mitrovic, Kamara, yeah. and possibly um, Cavaliero. You can Maybe. put him up there as a as a, as a as a forward who goes all over the place. Yeah. Now, when we did that, when Mitrovic was suspended, to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of play, a lot of people, supporters wise, said that we played a slightly different style of play. We played a quicker game. We got the ball forward quicker. Uh, we had runners going past whoever was up front, and we changed our style of play. It wasn't so. Uh, one paced. It wasn't so sort of frustrating to watch. So we have options to play there, but they are not the out-and-out striker that everyone is probably thinking we need. Uh, so whether we are going to get one in um, is is anybody's guess, yep. uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But I, I would have thought that um, if you're going, it, it was a bit like um, who's the the Welsh like Kiefer Moore, who was at uh, mm-hmm. Wigan. Was it, I, I think he was at Wigan, um, yep. and he's a centre forward that's done very very well for Wales. Yep. He was a big, big lump. He works hard. Uh, he's good in the air. He's got a good touch. I thought somebody like him that we could have picked up for a small amount of money would have been an ideal uh, foil for. Uh, anybody else if Mitra is out, but Cardiff came in and, and, and picked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether we've got something in the pipeline that nobody knows about uh, is difficult to say, but certainly you would look for a forward to, to come in mm-hmm. um, to back up Mitrovic or play with him. Um, and yes, although I've said Tete can play at the back, if Scott is looking to play 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 and only four, four at the back, then the new lads can come in. They've got a bit of pace on the right and left back side of things. We know what Hector can do at championship level. We, we think he can do it at Premier League level. So you've got to look at the centre-back pairing if we're going to have four at the back. And yep. that is going to be, I think, a worry to some uh, people or, to, or oh, most supporters mm-hmm. if we don't pick up uh, a centre-forward mm-hmm. and a centre-back if you're, if you're sort of pushing me those are the only two places that we are probably short at this moment in time okay excellent Neil. i'm gonna to go to you i'm just gonna share some comments just a few toby jones center back desperately mm-hmm. chris davidson center back and center forward please and uh i understand where 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 the fans are coming on that how about you my friend yeah i think i, I echo everything that gordon said i think there's just another perspective we should reflect on i think Look at Chris Hewton when he got when Brighton got promoted a few seasons ago. He kept them two consecutive years in the Premier League. What was his philosophy? Defensive first. He had he had Glenn Murray who was banging in the goals for him. Yeah. And he, thankfully for Brighton in those days, he was injury free, so they took a risk. They didn't have any adequate backups when Glenn Murray got injured. So here, in theory, you could get the same philosophy, same type of football. Play from the back, safety first, keep possession. Don't concede many goals. Brighton were difficult to concede even in the Premier League a couple of years ago. But what was crucial for their survival, those two seasons, is your home form. So for me, we've got to be stronger at home this season. We can't beat Leeds United one week and then get thumped 3-0 by Barnsley the week, the week next, like we did last season. 
you know, key to, to stay in this division is is you know winning your home games and being very you know, dominant at home. Like Brighton were you know for two seasons in the Premier in the Premier League, they survived under Chris Hutton. Same philosophy as Clock Park. So to be honest, there's going to be one of those two signings they're going to make. It's probably going to be more centre back and a centre forward. We may wing it somewhat and maybe not necessarily get a, another automatic replacement for Mitrovic. I actually think we've got other players around the you know around the edges who are capable of playing in that position. But if you keep your defence tight, don't concede many goals. You've got more opportunity to win games, unlike two years ago when we were losing three or three or four nil regularly. So, so for me, Brighton proved they can do it without another Glenn Murray for two seasons. We'll, we'll follow me doing very something very similar. Just, just, so, just throwing out some thought there because yeah. we don't necessarily need to have another Mitrovic up there because Brighton survived with a similar approach like ours. Okay. So, so em- Emilio, by what you're saying, are you going for a nine-one? system this season it's, it looks like it from all accounts <laughs> but to that point though we haven't got enough goals in this team I think that's that's the thing like, it worked in the championship yeah. by, you know, keeping those 1-0 wins keeping it very tight to the back Roda keeping us in games can you get away with that in the Premier League if you go 2-0 down where are your goals going to well, come the thing, from the, the thing is if you look at the, 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 the upcoming game of Arsenal mm. you've got uh, Aubameyang, who scored 22. You've got Lacazette, who scored 10. Right. I think the next person after that is four. Yeah. That's in, in, in four, two, one, 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 one. Yeah. So you can, by winning games 1-0 and mm-hmm. defending properly, yeah. exactly. you, you can finish eighth in the, in, yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. So uh, you can see it, where I'm coming We are from. waiting. Yeah. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, we're going to end with season predictions. I, I, I want your top four and then I want your bottom three. And then of course I want where Fulham's going to be. Okay. So Gordon, I'm going to give you first, uh, first shot at this. So give me your top four. Thank let's start with top much. four. Let's start with top four and then I'll go to Emilio and then we'll, then we'll go back to the uh, bottom three. I've got a feeling that, uh, well, it all depends who, who they get in. Uh, in, in in the next uh, week or so, but I, I still think that Man City are the team to beat. I think they will finish top. I think Liverpool will be second, Manchester United third, and Chelsea fourth. Chelsea fourth. Okay, Emilio. Um, I still think Liverpool are going to win the championship. Not not as not at a canter like they did last season. But, you know, you know, I think Man City will come second. I do agree with Gordon. I think Man United will get third. Fourth place is interesting. Interests me because. Chelsea have made a lot of big signings, spent a lot of money. But for some reason, I don't know, I've got a niggling doubt that Arsenal will come good this season for some reason. I think they've got those... See, two, I think they are too. I, I think they've got confidence. They've won the, the Community Shield. They've won the FA Cup. Things are starting to shape up. And they they believe going. in Arteta too. I think they can stick and pick Chelsea for that fourth place, to be honest. Okay. You know? All right. Okay, Gordon, let's now talk about the bottom three. Let's see if Fulham's in there. <laughs> Uh, Fulham are definitely not in there. Thank you. Um, I, I, I've, I, I think when we came up before, I said that we have got to have a season where we are the fourth worst team in the division, and and everybody would have been happy because we weren't in the bottom three. But I, I've got a um, a sneaky feeling that uh, there's going to Burnley are going to be down there. Really. Um, I've, I've, I've honestly got a feeling, even though they, they've done well against the bigger teams, that uh, Southampton wow. are going to be down there, which is a a, a big one for, uh, uh, for for friends of mine who are Southampton <laughs> and Fulham supporters. They're not going to talk to me after that. Um, the, the, the last place is difficult because it could it could be any one of three or four teams. But I, yeah. I think that West Brom are going to be down there. Okay. Um, I've heard I that think West too. Brom are going to be down there. Um, and although some pundits have said Leeds are going to finish 11th, I don't think Leeds will be far off the, bo- the okay. bottom four. Okay, I'll, g- I'll give you my bottom three. And believe it or not, Leeds are in there because okay. I- I'm with you on that. And, and I'll explain in a second because I want to get Emilio's bottom three. Yeah, I think I think West Brom are my favourites to finish bottom, to be, I'll be honest with you. As my surprise team that'll be in the bottom is the second second I'd say second year syndrome, Sheffield United. I think really? that's the season. I think they 
ran out of steam the last few games of the season. Um, they've done well. They're very competitive last season, but there's always a second, second, you know, second year syndrome, you know, that, that hurts teams. So I actually think Sheffield United will get sucked into a relegation dogfight, in my opinion. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my neck out and predict they will go down. The third team. This is probably more my heart thing. It is Aston Villa. Oh, Villa. oh, they're in mine. Sorry, Newcastle. <laughs> I think I've got enough in there to stay up. And I, you know, okay, but I think it'll probably be Aston Villa. Or, or possibly Crystal Palace again. Boy, there's so many names. So many. That goes back to my earlier point. The bottom half of this division are all capable of beating each other, which is yeah. why this year it's harder to stay in this division than it was two years ago. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Okay. My bottom three. I've got Aston Villa, West Ham United. You guys haven't mentioned them. I, I, I really? don't like. I don't like David Moyes. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's going to work. And then finally, I'm going to put Leeds United in there, Gordon. Here's my reason for having Leeds United. Everyone is, is sold on Leeds United. And I think Bielsa is a great coach. But what happens when he goes against all these other coaches that will be able to take away what he likes to do? Can he adjust to the Premier League? And because what I've seen is a, is a manager that plays one way. His, his team has a system that plays a certain way. What happens when they can't play their system? So I think Leeds United are going to struggle. So that's why I'm going with them as as my bottom three guys. All right, let's end with Fulham. I'll go to you, Gordon. I think Fulham. Um, I I think they'll have a decent season. To be perfectly honest with you, um, even if we uh, we don't pick up uh, a centre back and a centre forward, I okay. still think we have got enough players looking at the 23 or 24 players that are going to be in in that first team squad to get results to if i'm if i'm thinking of a, of a, a position wise then i would have said i'm going 14th okay in the, in right. the premier league and that would be a success honestly anything yeah. from 17th yeah. uh and better is, is a success for me emilio yeah, for me, it's I don't care where we finish as long as it's not bottom three. To be honest, <laughs> right, right, that's kind of what I'm looking at. No survival. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not that bullish. I think we should have enough, or we, you know, again, it's, if you can beat the teams around you, pick up those home wins against yep. the teams around you, then eleven point, eleven wins in the season is a must. We've got to get eleven wins somehow. Yep. That's thirty-three points in the bag. So for me. I think we'll finish around 16th, maybe 17th. We'll be in a dogfight. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. We're, yeah. We've got to struggle like many teams in our division, but beat your Brightons at home, the Southamptons, Crystal Palace, and then yep. you've got a chance. You lose against those at home, you face an uphill battle. You know, those are the games we need to I'm, be I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we're finishing on a positive note. Yeah. And we're going to finish 17th. Emilio, well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say 17th, to be honest with you. For me, it's survival. It's about survival, Gordon. And yeah. what's funny about it, and I've done a few shows. I, I, I did a radio show here in America. And uh, they were funny because they they liked my honesty. They they said that I'm not a homer, and that that surprised them because I was I was critical of Fulham. They're like, really? And I said, yes, I'm I'm, I'm going to be critical of Fulham from two seasons ago. And and uh, I you know again I think that it's going to be a struggle, and I understand why so many experts are so called experts picking them for relegation. It, it's only natural they're coming down. I think they're going to survive, but I think it's going to be difficult. But I think this goes back to the recruitment, Emilio. You're talking about the players that Parker wants. Defense first, right? Yeah. It's completely different than two years ago. Completely different. Mm. So for me, I think that uh, I think Fulham are going to do enough. So that's mm. – we'll, we'll end the show on a positive. We'll end the show on a positive. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much. First of all, Gordon, thank you so much for joining us again. And I, I hope you can join us – Again, another time. It's always great to have you on. I, I, I look forward to it, uh, Russ. And uh, I look forward to putting Emilio down when we finish 14th. Oh, please do. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Good stuff, Emilio. Great show. And um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, it's always great to do the show recording yourself. Shame Rob couldn't make it tonight. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get Rob on soon once he's got his his Wi-Fi connection, his home move all completed. <laughs> all that. So he's been a busy man, you know. So uh, yeah. 
yeah, we'll we'll get you on on the show soon. But yeah, let's look forward to Saturday. And uh, but like I said, I think the key thing is so we've got 30, we've got hundred games. We've got thirty eight games to look forward to. So yeah. hopefully we'll all get a chance to go and see the club at some point in the season. Hopefully, as well. hopefully. hopefully we haven't talked about that, but hopefully that does happen. I hope so. Okay, excellent. Well, that's going to wrap this up for this episode of Cottage Talk. For our very special guest, phone legend Gordon Davis and Emilio Donnell and Russell Thank you always for watch, watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.